Rule Church Podcast. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. He is honored and I get the glory. And by the way, it's even better because you see that building in Perryville, Arkansas? You see that one in Pachote, Mexico? Do you see that one in Tuxla Gutierrez down there in Chiapas? That building has my son's name on it. The church is not a democracy. It's a monarchy. Christ is king. You can't be Christian without a local church. You can't do anything better than to bend your knee and bow your heart, turn from your sin and repentance, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and join up with a good Bible-believing church and spend your life serving Jesus in a local, visible congregation. Welcome to the Rural Church Podcast. I'm your co-host, Alan Nelson. This week, we are going to the archives. To RCP 1.0, the original OG Little Church podcast. This episode is from 2017, November, and we discuss in this episode the affinity slash attractional church model and why it's wrong and why it falls short of the New Testament model for the local church. We think this is an important discussion, one worth bringing back into the light. So we hope that you find it edifying and helpful as you think about the local church. So without further ado, here we go. We better jump into the topic. So the topic today is something that Eddie and I have dealt with uh, a lot uh, over the years. I, I, when I say dealt with, uh, what I mean is discussed, I should say, a lot over the years. And that is the issue of attractional slash affinity-based slash niche-oriented churches. And so we want to talk about that today, and we want to talk about what we see are some um, overall reasons that we should stop this sort of strategy. And so we'll just, let's just jump in. Let's start out by defining what we mean, because sometimes when we discuss this, or I've written blogs on this, or in conversation, people say, what do you mean by affinity base? So you want to start you want to start us off on that what what do we mean when we say affinity based church well yeah what i what i mean when i say affinity based church one i want to i want to show it's i don't mean uh something that uses i don't mean just a ministry we're uh-huh. talking about a church yeah. where the community of a local body of believers is built around something other than Jesus Christ. That's mm-hmm. my. That would be my. And I, and I'm sure our, our our brothers who are in what we would call affinity based churches would say, well, they're not built around. They are built around Jesus, but I think they're built around Jesus plus. Right. Well, we, yeah, we can get on that more, but yeah, you're right. Right. So we've got. Okay. So let's just throw that out there. So. Uh, such and such cowboy church, such and such biker church, such and, and such. Um, and I think I may need to make a bit of a disclaimer. Yeah. From my per- because um, I am the pastor of Marshall First Baptist Church, uh-huh. and we have a ministry as a part of our church. And I'm I'm sitting here speaking to you, drinking coffee out of a coffee mug that says Thousand Hills Cowboy Church. Uh huh. And I preach in that building every Sunday night. And that's actually how I started out here at Marshall was preaching there on Sunday night. So as a disclaimer, I just want to say it's it's not like um, we don't have any understanding of what this is, 
or any experience with it, like we're just judging it from far off. Um, but, but I also want to say so that people don't think, well, you're being hypocritical because you preach at a <laughs> cowboy church, right? Um, because I don't consider Thousand Hills a church, right? It is a gathering of people from Marshall First Baptist Church. And um, it was attempted before I came here, but it was attempted. Uh, it was an attempt to start a separate cowboy church. Um, but uh, the problem, and I told them a year, well over a year ago that I didn't believe you could build a church around um, uh, around being a cowboy or right. around horses. Well, um, a church must be built on Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, now I will say this. It is almost impossible now in the local community, even within our church. I've been very diligent to try to change the verbiage and get us away from using the terms cowboy church. And it is almost impossible once the community takes hold of, oh, that's the cowboy church. It's very difficult to dissuade them from thinking that way. Right. Yeah. So we're still in the definition stage here, um, but just talking yeah, about those churches that are built around something either other than the gospel or the gospel plus, and you don't, I want to be clear about something else. You don't have to have an affinity in your name to be an affinity or attractional church, right? Sure. I mean, yeah, no, you're exactly right. You, you're, you could be whatever uh, church, and you can still have this mindset of either it's the gospel plus uh, lattes or, um, you know, a certain type of music, whether that's Heavenly Highway hymns or, uh, you know, the newest, you know, electric guitar solos or, or whatever, fog machines, the laser lights. Uh, this is essentially about uh, a, a church that is set up to attract people to the main gathering. Does that, is that? Is that yes. help with yeah. the definition? Yeah, so, I think that's a good definition. So that's the definition. And um, before we get into some critiques and some serious issues, let's just take a moment and, and talk about some things that we're thankful for. I'll start. Um, I'm thankful. I want to make this very clear. I'm thankful uh, for those brothers who are serious. Now, let's, I'll also say this. Just like in any kind of church setting, um, not always are the motives pure um there are false teachers in this movement just like there are false teachers in in all sorts of movements but i'm talking about those brothers who sincerely their desire is to see people come to christ they want to see change they want to see the gospel transform lives and so i am thankful um for those brothers in this movement that they want that, and, and I see that. I, 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 I do strongly disagree with their methodology, and we'll talk about that more in just a minute, but I'm thankful for their gospel fervency to, to want to see uh, sinners transformed by the grace of God. And what they're trying to do in their mind is eliminate any sort of obstacle, and so I'm appreciative for that zeal. So that's something I'm thankful for. What about you? Right, and I and I appreciate the the courage, okay, the courage yeah. to go um, one into environments where the gospel isn't present or a false gospel has been preached, and and the courage to say we. It's easy for us to say we want to see people saved, but they're saying no. We need to go out to 
the Vaca rally or the rodeo or the whatever the it, affinity might be. We need to go to them uh-huh. and, and try or try to get them to come in. But we were, we're trying to reach people. And I think there is a certain amount of courage there. And I think there's a certain amount of courage. If a person has came, they've came to faith in Christ to go back into what has been their affinity, which is usually the way this, this happens. Um, and and to and those people that maybe they lived very far from Christ with them to now go back to those people with the gospel, uh, there there can be a lot of reason for fear. And so I'm very appreciative of the courage to take the gospel uh, to those people and to be zealous for that. I'm yeah. very appreciative of that. And we live in such a, a such a society that it's so hard to critique people without people thinking that you're, you know, questioning their salvation, saying they're horrible, you know, something like that. And I just want to make it clear that I, that I am going to bring some serious critiques, um, but I don't mean to suggest that these brothers that, and I call them brothers, I gladly call them brothers that are. Um, truly motivated to see people change with the with the, with the power of the gospel um i'm not i'm not saying they're not saved i'm not saying that they're horrible people in a lot of ways um in a lot of ways i think that uh i know that they're that they're more mature than i am in 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 areas and so i just want to just i just want to be clear that's why i wanted to start with that a show of appreciation um so do you have anything else to say about that no, I would just totally agree. Um, uh, what we're talking about here is whether or not this is the most biblical way to reach people the gospel. What what we're not saying is that um, these people are uh, purposely trying to do harm to the gospel. As a matter of fact, it's just the opposite. Um, they most of the people the people that I think of the people that I know um, are genuinely trying to reach people for the gospel right um and and they they really believe this is helpful to the gospel well i um so we'll transition now into talking about so what what's the big deal because okay so here's the argument on one side man people are getting saved and some of these churches are growing cowboy churches are the fastest growing churches this is in arkansas anyway uh we hear this at our state meetings you know cowboy churches are the fastest growing churches and you know, I, I heard at the state meeting this year. Uh, you know, I, uh, it's it's okay if the, it doesn't matter if if we come and plant an affinity-based church on, on top of your church. It's it's about reaching the lost. That's what this is about. And I think if there was one word that we might use to describe uh, this, uh, we it might be pragmatism. Um, yep. Yep. And I want to read, and I, I would heartily recommend this book to anybody um the prodigal church by jared wilson um he wrote this book after i'd already kind of wrestled with this but he was able to articulate some of the things that that i was thinking um he says for example on page 53 pragmatism reasons that god's ability to use anything means our freedom to use everything pragmatism treats church methodology like a vending machine and then Uh, I'll skip a few paragraphs. He says, The pragmatic approach of too many attractional churches aims for quantity in disciple-making but suffers in quality. When you try to help the Holy Spirit, you quench Him. So as the pragmatic spirit drives our methodology, the kind of discipleship culture that results is shallow 
and frequently artificial. Pragmatic discipleship makes pragmatic Christians. The way the church wins its people shapes its people. So the most effective way to turn your church into a collection of consumers and customers is to treat them like that's what they are. Um, so my point in all that, and there's actually several tangents we could go on on that, but, but here let me just tie that together in, in the point I'm trying to make, is one of the fundamental flaws in the attractional church, affinity church, niche church, is its... Uh, consumeristic approach it's it's pragmatic in its approach building the church around people um in the sense of uh per- particularly lost people or or the phrase that's used a lot is unchurched which maybe we won't beat that horse but i do have kind of an issue with that phrase anyway i understand what's meant it's just not a biblical phrase un unchurched we have lost and we have saved but the point is, it's a pragmatic approach to attract people to get into church. What's the big deal about that, then? Yeah, and well, I think the big deal is that it it is, and I don't think they think about it this way, obviously, but it is fundamentally a denial of the gospel as the power that brings people to Christ. Yeah. It's saying the gospel needs help. Mm-hmm. It needs help. But we know that um, Romans one sixteen, Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God um, unto salvation to ev- or for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. That's everybody. And the gospel is the power of God that, that saves people. And God is the one who draws people. Oftentimes what I'll hear is they'd say, well, they'll come – They'll come to this church, and they would never come to your church. Mm. And, and that may be true, mm. but but still the fact is that God has to be the one that draws them to salvation. Right. Yeah, and, and here's the and, deal. I'll say this, too. I don't like, I don't like, although I, 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 just, I just don't like calling one church your traditional church, another church your contemporary, another church your cow. I like just the church. I like just... The biblical New Testament church. Um, and yes, um, so there's a church in uh, Conway, uh, Grace Bible Church. That's where Jeff Johnson pastors. And uh, we appreciate him and, and Danny Thursby and the brothers there. And they have this big, um, I don't know what you call it, but I want to say sign, but it's not a sign, in their fellowship hall area that says, Known for the Gospel. I love that. If mm-hmm. they didn't have that, I would absolutely steal that. <laughs> um, because that that's should be the this the the striving goal for any church. We want to be known for the gospel. And when you start out your church as affinity or attractional base, you are starting, you know, fifteen steps behind the eight ball, so to speak. I know I just mixed right. metaphors there, but the the point is, you're not known for the gospel. You're known right. for whatever you know. Well, insert and, insert your niche, right? Yeah, and like I said earlier, um, in our situation, we found that very hard to shake. <laughs> right. You know, we've, we I mean I mean uh, uh, we found it very hard to shake as we've tried to transition what was attempted to be the start of a church to a ministry outreach of our church, we found it very difficult to shake uh, that identity. 
Well, because once the once the community and it didn't work to reach the it didn't draw the community in, but it did label that part of our ministry and in some ways make it less effective. And, and I heard um, a pastor of actually a very large and successful uh, affinity church say that uh, it had actually become their affinity label had actually become a uh, it had actually become a problem instead of a, an aid. But even more than that, even more than whether or not it works or or doesn't work, the reality is um, one of the dangers of this is that it is a bait and switch. We're trying to bait people to come in and then switch on them with the gospel. Mm -hmm. And um, it it is truly a bait and switch, and we don't want to be using using means to draw people to hear the gospel and then – and then changing it on them. We want to be honest about bringing people the gospel. And and I'm not saying these people are are purposely trying to deceive. They are not purposely trying to deceive. But I think there is a certain amount of inherent deception. Well, and here's when yeah when we when we bait and switch. Many people, and here's one of the reason I'm podcasting about this, the desire I have to podcast because many people I've talked to they they really have not thought through this at all. There's like what. They're like, what's the issue with this? And then I begin to talk to them, and we talk, and we look at Scripture, and they're like, wow, I I get that. I understand that. Wow. And so, I, uh, yeah, so that's, I mean, you're exactly, I don't think it's intentional, but it's just not well thought out. So, you know, Galatians 3.28, there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And one of the things that the affinity-based movement does is is divide and the argument back to that is, well, wait a second. If you're a white middle-class church, you're already affinity-based, okay? Depending on your community that you're in, that certainly can be true. But is the solution to that to create more affinity-based churches? My answer is no. Christ must be the glue that holds us together. It can't be Christ and. And a lot of what's going on in these affinity and attractional-based churches it is, yes, there's genuine salvations, but there's also just a siphoning of people who are dissatisfied in the in in their church, and then it just siphons them off, and now you've got these bigger churches um, that are created because of this, and you're, it's not as much lost people that are reached, although there is lost people reached, don't, don't get me wrong, or at least according to reports, but... Um, if Christ is not the glue, I was listening to Jeff Johnson talk about this. But if Christ is not the glue, the next uh, the next big thing in in a few short years or even a few short months is going to cause people to go on to the to a different place, right? Right. So, right. Uh, well, and, and and you you quoted Galatians three twenty eight, but the immediate preceding verses of that uh, verses twenty five and twenty six. Say, but now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. Mm-hmm. The, the, the reality is that what brings us together isn't that we are all sons of God um, in uh, cowboy or in biker or in, Heavenly or in being a part of mm-hmm. the traditional church. Mm-hmm. It is that we are all sons of God in Christ Jesus through faith. Right. That's how we are related. Well, and I think, and going back to what you said, I think that there's a major issue 
when I hear, and I've said, the same thing has been said to me, there are people, like it or not, there are people who will never enter your church. And here's what I go back, and I'm just repeating what you said, but I'm just bringing it up again. It is a direct, that is a direct um, confrontation to Romans 116. For I'm not ashamed of the power of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, sorry, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And here's the deal. If we're going to go out and proclaim a gospel that can turn homosexuals, that, that can rescue homosexuals from their sin of homosexuality, that can rescue drunkards from their sin of drunkenness, that can rescue gluttons from their sin of gluttony, that can rescue the lustful from their sin of lust, then we also have a gospel that can change people's hearts to love the church. In fact, is that not 1 John 3.14? We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. So, well, and, and you just said the critical thing. The critical thing is that we go out. That's what people want to say was, well, they're never going to come to your church. Well, who says that the biblical idea of evangelism was draw people in to hear the gospel? The that, biblical yeah. idea of evangelism is go out, that we scatter into the community and into the world taking the gospel, and we gather as God's people to worship and to glorify and edify, to glorify the Lord and edify the saints, but we scatter for the purpose of evangelism. Right. This is, and so, if we have a right view of evangelism, that would change how we view these affinity-based churches. The affinity, attractional, niche-based churches misunderstand the purpose of the church. They think that the gathering is an evangelistic gathering, and it's not. Well, and and let's let's be clear. This didn't just start with the with the uh, with now with the right. attractional this based churches. Building. This has been going on for a long time in evangelicalism. As we've turned Sunday mornings, instead of that being the gathering of the saints, we've turned it into every Sunday morning is an evangelistic rally. Right. In in many churches, every Sunday is meant to be an evangelistic rally, and. Um, and I think a lot of times we, we, you see discouragement because you see churches and they don't see week in and week out the kind of response that would be expected at an evangelistic rally because it is a gathering of mostly converted people. But, that, but since that's what they try for and they build for and they build their whole services around, then they become discouraged because, well, we're not seeing that happen when that never should have been the goal. Well, so our go-to passage for saying, hey, you need to go to church if you're a Christian, our go-to passage is Hebrews 10:25. Well, let's listen to 24 and 25. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. That's just one of many passages that completely uh, and utterly obliterate any idea that the main gathering is about evangelism. Now, does Paul talk about unbelievers coming in? Absolutely. Do we hope unbelievers uh, would wander into our churches? Do I even invite unbelievers to attend? Yes, all those things are true. But the focus of our church is not an evangelistic uh, rally. That's not the focus of our gathering. You 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 won't find that anywhere in uh, the the New Testament. Um, so and, well, and and what 
what ought to when someone does come into our gatherings who's lost what ought to draw them to the lord in that gathering is that they see people all different kinds of people people who who in the world would not be together Amen. would not love each mm. other would not care about each other coming together because they do love Christ together. That's the whole point. They ought to come into the church and see this plurality of people that have all been drawn to this one God. Yeah, go go but to if, but if our church is built on an affinity, then they won't see that. They'll see a bunch of people that look the same and they'll say, Well yeah, this is what people do. People flock to people that are like them. Yeah, this is just how people are. And it won't have the gospel impact that a true gospel community of people who don't have anything in common but Jesus, that's what ought to impact the lost person that comes into the gathering of the church. Well, here's an example. I was going to use uh, when the Razorbacks are winning, but that's been a few years. We but, can't remember that. But but we, we can actually take it now, and let's take – there is a, a solidarity – within the state right now of people who are dissatisfied with Razorback football. So you go to a football game and you're just disappointed, which I hadn't been in a couple of years, but you go and you're just disappointed and you're sitting by somebody and it doesn't matter who they voted for for president. It doesn't matter what their skin color is. It doesn't matter what they're wearing. It doesn't, you know, I'll go on and on and on. You look at each other and there's solidarity between you and that person. Why? Because you're united in the fact that you are dissatisfied with Razorback football. And to me, it is such a sham on the gospel when we intentionally do things to show, like nobody, nobody's impressed when Republicans hang out together. Nobody's right. impressed when Razorback fans hang out together. Nobody's impressed when a bunch of cowboys hang out together. Nobody's impressed when a bunch of businessmen hang out together. This is what impresses people. This is what the gospel shines. When a Razorback fan and an LSU fan can stand side by side, lifting up their voices together and professing their love for Christ. Um, That's right. This is what makes the gospel shine beauty. So this idea that we need to create a church for the unchurched, well, there's a reason that people are unchurched, and which is not a biblical category. Here's the reason people are unchurched. They're lost. That's and right. Here's how they get saved. They need to hear the gospel. And when we create an environment or a culture or a church setting that our main evangelistic outreach is our Sunday morning gathering, we have we have done a disservice um, to the very communities which we're trying to serve. It's not y'all come and see this. It's go and tell that's right. the great commission and the danger uh, is uh, I, I take this quote from Paul Washer but he says um, using carnal means to draw carnal men will only mean that you have to use more carnal means to keep them mm -hmm. because if they're still carnal men unless they're transformed into spiritual men unless they are born again and regenerated then you'll just have to keep using that. Listen, if you draw someone to the church with a hamburger, 
they're still they're, you're going to have to keep giving them hamburger. We even seen this in the ministry of Christ. Mm -hmm. He fed the people and they came back, but all they wanted was their stomach filled. Right. They didn't want the Lord, and so we we want to be careful that we. Um, are not simply continuing to do what the people already want. And, and, and I would say this, this is often one of the problems, I think, with an affinity-based church. When is the point where the person has to abandon um, their preferences for the sake of the gospel? Mm -hmm. I mean, if, if the church is the way that they liked it before they were saved, how will they ever know that they're loving the church because of Christ? and not because it is the way they locked it before they were saved. Well, that's exactly the point I was just about to bring up, Philippians 2, where uh, Paul says, uh, Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Do you know when this really shines forth is when, for example, you really want the newest getty him to be played but you know that there's a few older people or even it doesn't matter age but there are other people in the congregation they really want to hear victory in jesus or whatever and right. you say you know what it's it's a it's not about doctrine because you know both are doctrinally uh sufficient doctrinally well christ exalting is what i'm saying um, so it's not about like one exalts Christ and the other doesn't. It's simply a preference there. And you say, you know what, I want this other to be played, even though it's not my preference, because I want to serve these other people. That's just an example. But if you're in a situation and in a church where everything's about you, you never have to do that. And that's a that's a problem. That's right. Um, that's right. So and the other thing um, that I was going to say is... And this may sound harsh, but 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 and you help me, draw me back if 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 it's too harsh. But it's potentially comforting people, and I think you were kind of getting at this way. But it's potentially comforting people on their way to hell. Um, and what I mean is, the reason the reason that maybe a cowboy, biker, tattooed person, clown, outdoorsman, businessman, whatever. The reason they may feel uncomfortable. Now, the, the reason they may feel uncomfortable or unwelcome is your church's problem, and you need to repent and fix that. But That's right. the reason they may feel uncomfortable in my church could be because they hate Jesus. That, that, that could be. And, That's right. And if we create a situation where we say, well, let's remove all the offense of the gospel. Now, I'm not saying that... Um, that all affinity-based churches are doing this. But let's tailor-make this church. Let's do everything we can to, 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 to make it so easy so for them to get in. We may unintentionally give them a false impression of what the gospel is, and simply by their just now being affiliated with this, where they never have to sacrifice, never have to give up. It's all about them. They're the consumer. And we have, may have just created a situation whereby we comfort them on their way to hell. So is that too harsh, or can I say that differently? Well, <laughs> what, 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 help well, me out well, there. Well, let's, let's, let's back up one step. 
we know that e- even apart from affinity-based church, before we even get to affinity-based church, mm-hmm. we know that there is a crisis, particularly in the Western American church, of unconverted people yes. on the membership rolls, right. particularly yeah. in Southern Baptist churches. Yeah. We know that is a problem. I mean, the reason why we have 10 million-plus absent Southern Baptists on any given Sunday morning, at least a portion, if not most, of that has to be because those people are unconverted, right. and yet they're on the church roll, and yet they've been baptized, and yet they think they know the Lord because at one time in their life they made some sort of profession of faith, but they're not walking with the Lord, and they comfort themselves in something they've done and not in a relationship they have with Jesus Christ. And yes, I think that affinity church can, doesn't, doesn't have to, doesn't have to. I'm not saying everybody in an affinity church is, is in this situation, but it can allow a person to convince themselves that they're converted when they're actually not because it can satisfy them enough that they think they love something and they think, well, if I love this church, if I love the church, I must love God. And I would say, yes, if you love the true church of Jesus Christ, that is a sign that you are in right relationship with Jesus Christ. But yeah. if you love a church that has been built on something other than Jesus Christ, if you love it because of what it looks like and you could never love a church that didn't look that way, then we have to wonder, is that love truly for Christ? Is it for, or is it for the style or mm. the music or whatever you already loved yeah. in your carnal life? And we're not trying to say that other churches don't have this problem. I mean, I, I, let me just, but I consider a church that has that has to do all Heavenly Highway hymns. That's just as much as an affinity church, you know, as one that has to always do contemporary music. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not giving a pass there. Um, but that's right. If you can't, if you say, I, yeah, I love Jesus, but I, I can't worship with those people because they sing, they have a different style or they dress differently or they, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that's a problem. That's, that's a hard issue. And it, and it may be an unconverted issue. Um, yeah. I know, I know a lot of times, and I, and I was in this stage too, but I know a lot of times we say, well, it's not that they're unconverted. They're just immature in Christ. Granted, I understand that that may be a valid argument in some situations, but I also, you know, if we're going to take scripture seriously, then it, I, I think that we have a lot less of that category than what's made out to be. I think the bigger category is there are a lot of people who profess to know Christ who in reality don't. Um, right. If you don't love the church, you have a, uh, there, there's any, now again, you and I have friends, and we may even call friends and colleagues in the ministry that would uh, would disagree. Uh, and I, 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 one of my reasons for doing the part, I want to talk about this more. I, I think, um, I think a, a, as we did a, a several, maybe one of our first or second podcasts, we talked about differences. We should be able, if we, if we love Christ, we should be able to sit down and have healthy, mature conversations about these things. Um, and and be able to to disagree, but I, I I think at the end of the day we want we want scripture um, to 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 be our main authority. And my argument is that scripture is actually our uh, is not just sufficient for 
you know, doctrine, but also methodology. Sure. So yeah, that's right. The argument brought up a lot of times, First Corinthians nine twenty two. Hey, all we're trying to do is we're trying to be all things to all men, uh, just like Paul uh, said that he was. But let me say this: Paul did not tailor make churches for different kinds of people. That that's nowhere in the New Testament. Paul did not create, you know, uh, any kind. I mean, listen. He missed a golden opportunity to plant Gladiator Church. You know what I'm saying? That's right. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But he didn't yeah. do it. He didn't do it because his point is that he was willing to go to great lengths in order to see people come to Christ. So instead of 1 Corinthians 9.22 giving us an excuse to create affinity churches, it actually is the opposite. <laughs> it should convict and embolden churches to have... Um, our existing members strive to reach people with the gospel in all areas of life. And in fact, that's what I say. If you come, let, let, let's use Perryville for, for an example. And let's say that, that there is a serious, um, which I don't think there is, and actually I would not really think there is statewide, but let's say there's a serious cowboy culture here or biker culture or whatever. Well, well and, and let me just real quick say one of the reasons why we've 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 used cowboy and biker or we might even would say outdoor is because we are talking about the rural church. Right. If we were in a more urban culture, maybe we would talk about rapper church or whatever. Right. We're in the rural church and in the rural areas these are the types of affinity based churches. Sorry and, to break in there, brother, no, no. but I just thought that might be a good point to make. No, but if you come in here and you say we want to plant um we we want to plant a cowboy church in Prairieville. You're robbing our church of a ministry that we should be doing, right? If there is a, so, let's even let's let's use race. I know it's a, a hot button issue, but let's use race because I think if we understand it in terms of racial, uh, and I know that there's only one race, but I'm talking about ethnicities. Um, so, for example, if if there is a uh, a large number of Hispanics or African Americans in Prairieville. And you say, well, the way that we want to reach them is to create their own separate churches. Um, that's a problem, right? Yes. That That's an issue. Um, the gospel shines forth beautifully when different ethnicities are worshiping together. That is a direct gospel. That's, that's Genesis 11 uh, transformed by Jesus' work. And we see it, it's manifest in Acts 2. We see the culmination of that in Revelation 5. People from every tribe, tongue, nation, worshiping Jesus together. And so uh, my argument and, and here... And let's be honest, that's a problem we do see yes, in the church. Yes, and it's a problem that must be addressed. And so what, what I'm saying is the answer, if there is, a, is a, a particular culture in my community that is not being reached, the answer is not to just go plant an affinity church. To do that lets the local church off the hook. The answer is that we as a church need to focus our strategies towards this particular uh, demographic. Right. So and, well, and I think to kind of play to kind of um, argue, I know I know what our brothers in these movements would say. Well, the church hasn't been doing that. Yeah. They would say Quattro, the church hasn't been uh -huh. doing that. We have to do this because the churches aren't reaching. They're not even trying. Uh huh. Are you, so you're saying what would my response be to that? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to let you respond to that because yeah. we know that that's what they would say, right? Yeah. We have brothers. We have brothers who will respond to this podcast um, on Facebook or whatever 
with that criticism. Yeah, they're so, not doing your church or my church or the churches. They're not reaching them. They're not doing it. They're not even trying. Yeah. So my my first response would be this: Why, in light of all that we've said, okay, if if first of all, if this is a biblical model, if this is a biblical paradigm, why do we not see it in the New Testament at all? Not even a hint of it. In fact, in fact, as we already quoted, you know, Galatians three twenty eight, um, looking at what Paul meant in First Corinthians nine twenty two, we actually see uh, Romans one sixteen. We actually see the opposite. Right, so so that's argument number one. So one, that's got to be a huge red flag. We can't expect that God, even if we see numbers, we can't expect that that means that God is truly blessing this movement if um, if it's contrary to His word. The second thing I think is what, why, why not try? Okay, why not um, be involved in in the local church and, and push that? And and here's the deal: if you get if you're involved in a local church and it refuses, absolutely refuses. To um, you know, to change, and there are you know, in in the issue in these gospel issues we're talking about, it refuses to to go out and reach people. Um, I, I'm not against church planting. I, I want to make that very clear. I am not against church planting. I'm not against planting a church. I, I think planting a church is biblical. What I'm against is planting an affinity church. So don't go plant cowboy church. Go plant you know, if you want to use Baptist church, that's fine. You know, whatever church, but make it about not the affinity. Make it about the church. Make it about Christ. Make it about Jesus is the glue. Um, yeah. So I, I, I would, and and then the next, the final thing I would say um, is this: What might God do? So, so we see people coming to Christ in some of these affinity churches. What might God do if we got serious about the biblical model that me and you have been talking about? If if we if we see a few people coming to Christ through these means that I believe are unbiblical, what might God do if we got serious about His church? I mean, the local, God is serious about the local church. What might He do if we got serious? And it is, this isn't just about numbers. This is about being willing, even if we don't understand sometimes, to submit ourselves to the authority of Scripture and doing what Scripture uh, tells us to do no matter what. I don't think the answer for a church that is not reaching out, I don't think the answer is to create another uh, unbiblical situation, right? Right. What, what, would, well, you, what would you add? Well, and to, to kind of return to what you were saying about 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul's point there is that um, to the Jew, he became a Jew. Uh, to those under the law, he became as one under the law. His point there was that he was going out and going to these different groups, these different affinities, if we would want to say that today, uh, make that application, to share the gospel so that they would all be brought into the one church. And so as you said, and as this is what we're trying to do here in Marshall, we want to reach cowboys. We do want to reach cowboys. Mm -hmm. uh, we, but, but we don't want to draw them into a community that is separate from the, the regular community of the saints yeah. in Searcy County and Marshall First Baptist. We want to draw them into the church as it is, 
And so, and 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 could that mean that we that there's growth to the point that there needs to be planted another church that that has, but it's not about cowboy stuff. It's just about yeah. that we these people in this place need a church together. But don't yes. Don't plant a church that holds out offers of relevancy, casual atmosphere, not your grandma's church, music, suits, pews, chairs, deer heads, cowboy hats. Don't plant a church where those things are the draw. Right. Plant a church where Christ is the draw. May right. we joyfully, convictionally, uncompromisingly hold forth Jesus, the Lamb who was slain and risen and ascended as King forever. That is the glory of the gospel. Here's what we're preaching. We're preaching that, that, that a man who claimed to be God was crucified for our sins, rose again, and, and, and when we plant these attractional churches, what we're saying is, well, that's a great message, but we also need, man, that just, that, that, to me, that is heartbreaking. We don't need the gospel and to reach people. We need the gospel. The gospel in all its beauty, all its glory, all its power. And so kind of transitioning here to to uh to uh basically kind of kind of i think i'd like to offer some alternatives right so i think ultimately this strategy even though we're appreciative of 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 the men's zeal and motivation to see lost people i think ultimately this strategy must be abandoned and i actually have some thoughts about some things that could be um that could be replaced. So, so, so here's an example. So, so what do we do instead of planting a cowboy church? Well, why not? Why not do cowboy ministry? And again, we're using cowboy because that's prevalent. But put anything in there: hipster, gamer, uh, biker, whatever, fisher, hunter. Why don't we do those? Why don't we do those ministries right within the existing church? Why don't we go? out to the rodeos and share the gospel why don't we take the gospel to where people are and share it with them and see god transform lives it, it, i know it sounds so simple it, it may sound simplistic but it, it's not simplistic but it is simple here is here is the bold strategy for reaching arkansas or any community with the gospel it's to go out and share the gospel Yes, and you're exactly right. And and one of the interesting things is about that recommendation is a lot of these ministries or these these affinity churches have grown out of those kinds of ministries, but it, it I think they grew, they grew out of that because um, the hard next step was to get the people was to connect them to the local church, and it was easier to just start a church than it was to connect them to the local church. Well, because and that's so we've hard. got to be committed to doing the hard work of once we've gone out and we've presented the gospel in these contexts, and I think that's good. I think that's what we should be doing. Now we need to do the hard work of connecting those people to the local there body of Christ. That's in, in ministry, of all the ministry that I've seen, that is one of the hardest things is not it's not just it's not just about seeing people converted. It's about seeing seeing the gospel actually manifest um, the the fruits of the gospel. I should say manifest themselves in a person's life 
um, in in the hard things, you know, the the senior saints hanging out with the teenagers or whatever, you know, um, that's that's what's difficult, you know. Getting as we talked about was it two weeks ago when we talked about hospitality, getting people in in other people's homes, these these sorts of things are difficult um, because they're not natural. But that's what the gospel does, isn't it? It turns that's the right. natural on its head. The gospel, uh, man. There's I wish I had them pulled up, but there's a couple sermons on Acts six from Martin Lloyd Jones that are just face melting, but. Lloyd-Jones reminds us that, that for any person to come to Christ, no one will come to Christ unless there is a supernatural work of God um, through the heralding of the gospel. And if we try to add anything to that, then either intentionally or willfully or at the very best unintentionally, we begin to mask or minimize or diminish the power of the gospel. That's right. So one way I think that we can do better is for these areas that really are in need of um, reaching a particular demographic, I think that we can be better in uh, in in that. For, for example, this just practice. so if a church, let's say you got a small church, and the state convention is willing to pay uh, a salary for a church planner for three years. I, I don't know what it looks like, but let's say that's exa- an example. What if you paid for that church to have a staff position for three years to intentionally focus? I mean, I'm just throwing out ideas here, but but there are other ways, I'm saying, that we can address this issue that I don't feel like have really been tried. Yeah, I, I, and I think you're right. And, and are and, more faithful and are more right, biblical. Right. And, um, well, and, and, and I think you're right. I think that would be a, that would be a great way for, um, for the person who we're not, we're not even saying that, that their desire, their zeal to reach those people isn't genuine. And we're not even saying that's not something God, we're not even saying God doesn't want them to do that. We're saying that, we, that we don't think that he wants them to plant an affinity-based church. Yeah. But but we're not saying that he that that their desire isn't from the Holy Spirit to reach those people with the gospel. Yeah. We're not negating that. We're saying there may be a better way to go about doing that and seeing those people connected to the local church. Well, we, honestly, honestly, I think sometimes the problem may be that that not not the local planner. But on uh, as far as you mentioned the um, the state convention, the, w- we want to see church planning numbers, right. and mm-hmm. sometimes the desire for that I think pushes us toward things that are going to show planting numbers, um, whereas putting person on staff in the local church wouldn't do that. I think. Um I think that we have to be serious, and I, I know we're, I'm not just repeating, repeating, repeating. I think we need to be serious about the power of the gospel. No matter what, it's the Spirit who gives life. We, we need a reformation in, 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 the, in not just the inerrancy of Scripture, but, but believing and trusting the sufficiency of Scripture and seeing that it's not just about our, uh, uh, it's not just about what we believe, but also about how we go about 
structuring the church the 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 bible is replete with instructions for us and and so we should we should be uh we should be serious about that to be be sold out on the power of the gospel um and then i would say this what would you say let's say someone's listening to this and they're in an attractional church the church it's all about the the new technology and contemporary and it's all it's, that's what this church is about or it's all about affinity and they say i agree what do i do what would you say so for example i, I guess i should say that better i don't think that the answer necessarily is well you need to close down your your church I don't right. no i don't I, I definitely don't think that um i mean obviously we would both argue for uh, let's stop starting new ones of these churches right yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but um but yes we're not saying uh every church that right now has cowboy church on its sign ought to close the doors just lock them up don't meet next sunday we're we're not actually not saying that and i think some people may say well that's what you're saying um but we are saying um uh, make sure that what you're doing is reaching people with the gospel and not with um, the affinity. And and we would say to that person, begin uh, to maybe talk to your to the leadership. Respect them, lovingly go to them, but begin to ask them these kinds of questions and have these kinds of discussions around what are we seeking to draw men to. Yeah, yeah, and and. Yes, and and make the hard decision whether you're a pastor in a quote-unquote traditional church or an affinity church or an attractional church. And it make the hard but right decision to turn, and this can only happen through the power of God. But make the decision to turn your church on a trajectory towards being healthy. Um, if if someone would never come into your church. Um, but they are a Christian, yeah, the problem might be that your church is unhealthy and you you need to work on that. So what, what I'm pointing, pointing, I don't think, I agree with you, I don't think the answer is to, to, to just shut down, the, but I do, shut down the church, but I do think the answer is you, you've got to get on a trajectory towards health. Uh, otherwise, you're only perpetuating the uh, the problem. You, you, and like you're saying, that's true of all of our churches. Mm-hmm. That's true of Marshall First Baptist Church. We need to be on a trajectory towards health. It's not okay for us to say, well, we're not, a, we're not an attractional church or we're not an uh, affinity church, so we don't have to worry about this. Well, all of our churches ought to be seeking how are, how, do we, how are we faithful to what Scripture teaches, faithful to the proclamation of the gospel, faithful to the building up of the body of Christ in our local assembly. How are we going to be growing in faithfulness to that calling as the church, the called well, out ones. Let me. I made a list uh, one time of just twelve sort of things about what is a biblically healthy church. Here, are sort of twelve necessities. Now, this could be a whole probably podcast in and of itself. But let me see. You let me know if I miss anything. But it's led by qualified pastor pastors. Uh, the ordinances, Lord's Supper and baptism, are rightly practiced. Biblical church discipline is practiced. Membership is meaningful. Regularly gathering on the Lord's day, they're making disciples, pursuing holiness and Christ likeness, committed to sound doctrine, the gospel's understood, applied, and shared. Christ is the glue, not tradition, not innovation, not cowboy culture, not hunting 
etc. Prayer is prized, and preaching and teaching is faithful to Scripture. Um, I'm sure there are more, but those are when we talk about healthy church. That sure. are some things that we're talking about. Yep, yep, that's right, brother. Any glaring holes in that? that you no, no, no. I, I, I think that's really, I think that's really, really good. You know, as we kind of maybe start drawing in uh, on this conversation, um, I, I just really want if anyone's listened to this and they've made it to the end here, we are not trying to just attack. Our desire isn't just to say, you know, you're wrong because I know that I, I have a lot of things wrong. Yeah. But it, but it is to say we just want to see. Um, we believe that God will save according to biblical means. So mm. we just want that's that's all we're that's all we're saying is let's let's seek to be as biblical all of us all of us in all of our churches as biblical as possible. We're not trying to attack the brethren. We're not. We're seeking to say, let our let our affinity for one another, let our compassion and our love and our caring and our unity be built around Christ. Yeah. And 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 following what the Bible says for how that we ought to do church for His honor and for His glory, and how we ought to reach the world um, for His honor and for his glory yeah absolutely man well um uh we're at 102 man an hour and two minutes uh what uh so i've already mentioned the prodigal church by jared wilson uh i know ashamed of the gospel by john MacArthur. um are some helpful books that i could uh you know recommend uh are, are there are there others or blog posts or anything that you would mention eddie well, I mean, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about what's true church. I would, I mean, a classic nine marks of a healthy church uh-huh. uh, would be, would be, I think, super helpful in if someone wants to think about these things as well. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, just seeing the beauty and glory of the local church, it's all throughout the pages of Scripture. There's no perfect churches in Scripture, so this isn't about we need to have a perfect church because we sh- for sure can't have a perfect church, but we should strive to have a church that resembles what Christ wants in a church. He, remember, is the head of the church, and so we should seek to align all that we do uh, in him. And so I, I hope to keep this conversation going. Um, my prediction is that if this doesn't change, um, that in 20 years or less, we're just going to see this problem spiral out of control. Um, Because it's not, I mean, in a few years, these things are going to be boring. It's going to have to be something else. Right? Right. No, you're exactly right. So the same problem that some people look at the quote-unquote traditional church, um, they're going to have the same problem. And it's just going to continue to perpetuate. And um, so we need to be serious. Uh, the days are short. I don't know when Jesus is coming, but he's coming one day closer than he did yesterday, was yesterday. And so we need to use this time for the uh, for the for, for being serious about proclaiming the gospel uh, to the nation. So, man, I've enjoyed it. It doesn't feel like it's 
been an hour, but it has. Um, But I've enjoyed, as always, enjoyed talking to you. Again, I would plead with anybody uh, who who disagrees not not to think that we're attacking um, any person's character. That's not what we're doing. Uh, no, absolutely not. And we would love to talk. Hey, we, hey, if if we could work our schedules out, I'd love to have coffee. I, I'd love to have a roundtable <laughs> discussion yeah. with some brothers and just pouring over Scripture together and just trying to come to a, a, a consensus about what 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 Scripture teaches on this matter. And um, as a Southern Baptist, obviously, I, I want to be good stewards of our resources. And uh, I'm I'm just convinced it's not the best stewards of our resources to fund these sorts of churches and I think that we really need to rethink that not because I have a problem with any person but because I think it's a, 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 a about the gospel and about the glory of God yeah. if, if you really believe the church is the building the church is the house the church is what God's doing this, this is his work. If we really believe what Ephesians says, we are the poemos, the masterpiece of God. How are you going to respond?